Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing uh, super great. I got an interesting question um, on our Facebook private group for premium members today, uh, which seemed kind of strange at first. And the question was, do fast tempo bagpipe tunes take more air than when you're playing slower tunes? And at first I was like, well, it's kind of a simple question to answer. But then I thought about it a little bit more. And we're going to uh, dive in with a little mini lesson here on Piper's Dojo TV. We'll see you in just a second. Okay, switching back over here uh, to me. So, okay, so the idea is, you know, do things on the chanter when you're playing the bagpipes take more air than other things? I know that there's a great uh, myth out there as well, which is that certain notes maybe take more air than other notes. And, you know, whether or not scientifically certain notes take more than other ones, first of all, if that were even remotely true, it would only ever be in the absolute slightest little bit, right? Like it wouldn't be anything significant at all the way that it sometimes seems when you're learning. And the second thing is, even if that were true, that can't change anything about the goals pertaining to steady blowing and keeping your bagpipe going, right? So I wanna really make sure that we don't develop any limiting beliefs about the realities of um, playing our pipes and blowing steadily. And then I also want to make sure that we understand some of the basics. And just by thinking about things a little bit deeper, I think we'll get a lot more perspective and knowledge about what we're going to do. So over here, I on my uh, monitor here, I've drawn out just a couple bits of text here. And I want to talk about the two dimensions of steady blowing today. So we all know that as pipers, we want to focus on blowing steady. Okay, and the first dimension of steady blowing, we're all probably pretty familiar with, and that's what I call physical blowing technique. Okay, and that's the physical aspects of producing a, a steady pressure on the bagpipe. And so we all pretty much know what that is, and we can review by saying um, blowing, obviously we have to blow into the bag, we have to blow a certain pressure. Then we have to squeeze our arm, right? When we need a breath, we squeeze our arm on the bagpipes. That's what keeps all the reeds going. And then if you've done that for any period of time, right, if you've done that for more than five minutes, you'll realize there's a transition aspect as well. As we go from blowing to squeezing, we sort of have to cross-fade the two, don't we? We have to cross-fade them so there's a smooth transition between the two. And that's probably the hardest aspect of physical blowing technique. So um, that is the, the main dimension, and that's the dimension we usually think of when it comes to steady blowing. But one of the things, if we think a little bit deeper, okay, and this requires a little bit of experience, but not a whole lot, which is we start to realize that aspects of our finger work cause mental lapses in the steadiness of our blowing. I'll give you a couple of examples. How many people out there in the world, uh, there are a couple of people watching out there, it'd be cool if you commented in. How many people out there in the world surge on high A, or maybe you used to surge when you were a beginner? I know almost every beginner that I teach surges on high A in the beginning for some reason, 
okay? But it's not because the high A takes more air. Actually, if you thought about that critically, you would realize that surging on the high A would only be because the high A actually takes less air. It sort of disproves most of our theory, right? We just, we whip these theories off. High A maybe seems to take more air, and maybe that's why we surge, but that's really not it. What's going on is for some reason, mentally on the high A, we grip down on our instrument and uh, a mental blowing error occurs, okay? So uh, that's what I wanna get at. And I, I call this mental blowing, you can call it whatever you want, but basically it's uh, what happens when, um, I call it you know, the mental aspects of producing uh, steady pressure. Okay, and to elaborate, right, it's uh, unsteadiness that occurs due to some, you know, due to something pertaining to the finger work. Or sorry, the finger work, yeah. That's right. Unsteadiness that occurs uh, due to something pertaining to the finger work. It could be anything. Here's another example. Let's say we're playing Green Hills, and when we get to the end of the line on that big, long, low A, we have a tendency to do what? We have a tendency to let the pressure sag off on the low A there for some reason. It's because we take a mental vacation there on the blowing and we allow something pertaining to the finger work, right? Or the construction of the tune or something having to do with these fingers, right? Causes unsteadiness in the blowing. How many people have trouble blowing steady on the note D? How many people overblow or underblow when it, they come to a difficult passage of music? Okay, this, this is the second dimension of steady blowing on the bagpipes. And it's really kind of an exciting development because um, it really helps us think about and uncover and develop, we'll talk about that in just a second, helps us to develop better habits uh, pertaining to steady blowing. Okay, so those are the two dimensions. So going back to our original question, you may recall from the beginning of the video, do fast tempo tunes require more air than slower tunes? Okay, and the answer is no, they don't. Uh, is it possible under some sort of quantum microscope we might find that the faster you move, like the more that exercises the read or something? Might be possible. I'm not a quantum scientist, but I know uh, with many, 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 many years and hours of experience playing the instrument that there is no difference between fast tunes and slow tunes. The difference is uh, for beginners, and probably what Joe, the person who asked the question, was feeling here, is a little bit of a mental breakdown in the blowing mechanics because the finger work is more demanding. Okay, so suddenly we, we have trouble keeping it all going. We have trouble keeping the coordination of physical blowing going because we're focused on the difficulty of the finger work. And that's what makes that seem like it might be the case. It makes it seem like things uh, take more air uh, than they actually do. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, how we might develop this, uh, these ideas. Okay, we'll just talk about it briefly, just a little verbal lesson here. The first thing I would do is focus on great physical blowing technique. Now, the only way to develop good physical blowing technique, can you think where I'm going with this? The only way to develop good physical blowing technique is to take all finger work out of the equation. As soon as our fingers start to move, then we might 
be sort of, you know, cross-pollinating and confusing the issue because uh, you might not have physical blowing technique. You know, as soon as um, you change one note on the chanter, it's possible that mentally we're going to have a hang-up and mess things up. So the first thing we're going to do to develop great physical blowing technique is to play one single note. I recommend low A. Just play low A and observe how you're blowing. Now you can do this with, by feel. That's sort of the old-fashioned way. You can also do it with a manometer. We have water tube manometers that hook into our instruments that will show us if we're blowing steady because the water won't move in the manometer. There are other people that use a physical mechanical gauge, which I don't feel like works as well, but you can absolutely do it. It's obviously better than nothing, and it gives you a good idea of how you're doing on the physical, basic coordination of blowing the instrument. Now, once you've uh, done that and you've gotten good at it, notice you'll never be perfect with physical blowing. I don't think it's really possible, but once you've made some headway there, then you want to cross over into mental blowing technique. And then you, what you want to do is very gradually work your way in there and start to see if you can sense any issues. So what I would do is start by um, long, by taking long notes up and down the scale. And you want to watch on the manometer, or if you're doing it the old-fashioned way, you want to try and listen and feel for any changes in the pressure of your instrument. Uh, due to the fact that you've changed notes. And you might think, okay, Andrew, the scale, whatever, that seems like way too simple and uh, I'm not going to see anything. But it was all very interesting. I remember we did this exercise with the Orenmore pipe band, a grade one pipe core. We did this exercise of just going up and down the scale. And even some of the steadiest people in the band with the best bagpipe quality could not go up and down the scale without pretty significant mental blowing errors. So I just want you to think about that. I think that pretty much sums up my mini lesson for today. I hope that uh, it gives you something to think about as you go through the day today. Uh, make sure that you check out uh, this show on YouTube or in podcast form if you're not always on Facebook. Make sure that you comment in with any thoughts or questions. I'll be sure to get back to you. And uh, obviously check out dojouniversity.com if you like what you're doing here and you just want to get uh, the whole spectrum of it. We've got a newly redesigned website and we'd be super excited to have you. So uh, with all of that said, thanks very much for tuning in. And that's going to do it for my broadcast here today. Thanks very much. We'll see you later.